Welcome to another episode of the Diz Explorers Podcast, where each week we explore all the different avenues of the great Disney universe. This week, for the first time in a long time, we have all hands on deck. We got Milford. Hello. And Melanie. Hey there. And Crystal. Hey you are. And Jessica. Hi, everybody. And Adrienne. Or maybe not. So... This week, we got some kind of a mishmash of stuff going on, some different news reports. Crystal had experienced uh, with her husband the delicious Disney dining event that was offered. So she's going to uh, fill us in on what that was all about and how she liked it and what she thought of it. So we actually attended this event. It was um, at the end of last month. And it's a unique dining experience that Disney offers. It's called Delicious Disney, and it's an entire chef series that they do where they're trying to storytell with food. So this experience, we actually found out about it in the Orlando newspaper. So I couldn't find it on any blogs or anything. I'm not really sure how you would even find out about this if you weren't a local. But I'm super excited that we got to attend the first event that they hosted actually started January 31st. And it was hosted in Cinderella's castle at the Royal Table. So that event was much more expensive than the one that we went to, but it was themed after the lands in Magic Kingdom. And I think that was closer to $500 per person per night. But this event is still expensive, but less expensive than that. So it's $249 per person. And it does vary by event how much the cost is, but we went to the one that was $249 per person. And they have nine total dinners all throughout Disney. So they're typically on a Wednesday night of each week and maybe once or twice a month. And the location that we attended was at Markham's at Golden Oak. And they also have them at Be Our Guest and then Walt Disney World Tree Farm. So those are the remaining locations for the upcoming events. So it's pretty cool. We ended up going to Markham and uh, Markham's at Golden Oak. And some of the residents attend these events. So it was kind of cool to brush shoulders with them. <laughs> <laughs> There's only about 30 people at these events. So they're relatively small and they do book up. So we booked ours, I think, four or five months ahead of time. And unfortunately, I had a work event come up. So we were supposed to uh, attend the event in April. And I just contacted them and said, hey, you know, please allow us to move this. If not, my husband's taking a friend for a really expensive meal. Um, so <laughs> They, they allowed us to just push, push it to the next month. So we ended up going um, at the end of May to the event. So if you're interested in attending, you just contact, here's the number. So it's 407-939-5773. And you have to call between 9 a.m. and 5 p.m. to book these events. And they might be full, I'm not sure. We had an easy time moving it to the next event, which makes me think that there's still availability. And it might be something more for Golden Oak residents that people just don't really know about. 
Um, so we ended up, you know, when we called the book, they ask you the, the same questions as when you normally book, you know, are there dietary restrictions? But one of the things that they did when we called this time is they actually try to get you to upgrade your wine package. So wine comes with the meal and they pair everything with, by each course. They tried to increase us to additional $100 for rare and vintage wines. So we did not do that. But again, you're looking at... 350 bucks a person if you do that and i'm not a huge wine drinker but from what i understand the wine was still pretty good um that was included in the package we ended up going on the 31st it does start at 6 30 it's on a wednesday evening which is kind of odd for a date night but we ended up getting a sitter obviously no children involved but the theme of our um our meal was celebrating the silly symphony flower and trees anniversary oh, so cool. that was kind of the the storyline that they had to to build the menu off of so each each event has a different theme and then a different chef that manages the menu. So ours was featuring Park Events Culinary Director Chef John Clark and his team. The one that we were originally scheduled to do on April 26th was supposed to be the Victorian Albert Chef. Uh. So that was why we had picked that one. So we were kind of disappointed because we've never been to Victorian Albert. So we were excited to, to attend that event and see if we liked that chef. And they also get a little bit more creative rain on it. So, you know, typically with Disney, the Imagineers kind of come in, set the menu, and then the chefs are kind of gridlocked into that for a little while. Where this is like, hey, you fit, here's the theme. You get to decide what, what you want to do and be as creative as you want to be. So that's pretty cool. You kind of get to see the chefs just like let it loose and do what they truly want to do with the skill that they have. So some of the other themes that they have that are coming in the, the upcoming months, um, they have Ratatouille's 10th anniversary, Under the Sea, a walk around the world and the last event is at the tree farm and that's farm to table so you actually go to the walt disney world tree farm in orlando and you sit outside and they serve you the meal and it's all farm to table so that's another one that i'd like to go to i think that would be super cool ultimately it's at markham and graham's which is inside golden oak which is the disney neighborhood with like the million dollar homes so when you come in, it's amazing. You like go through the guard gate and you tell them who you are and what event you're going to. And as you're driving into this like clubhouse, they have an Ariel statue that's just a bronze statue like coming off of the side of the road. It's <laughs> super cool. It's crazy. Really, really nice. Yeah. It's so just driving around and seeing it all was really incredible to see how that like one percent lives. But we ended up parking and someone came out and greeted us and they actually had an umbrella because it was raining, drizzling a little bit. So they came out to the car and like chauffeured us in with umbrellas and then they check in everybody. And as you check in, they ask you your names. And once you tell them your name, they always remember. Their staff there is incredible. And I would walk by just to, like use the restroom or hand somebody an umbrella and they remembered I mean, they knew our names just from that five second meeting from us walking in. So the staff was really, really awesome. But when we came in, they had a reception with high tops. Um, they did pass appetizers for about 20 or 30 minutes. And right when we came in, they gave us a drink. So if you like wine and it's a, even though this is an expensive meal, you get a ton of alcohol. So schedule the Uber ahead of time or the Disney transportation because it's a lot. But they had three appetizers, and I don't remember all the names of it. I'll give you my non-fancy description of some of this stuff. <laughs> but one of them was really good. It actually it was like a mushroom ravioli, and then it had a morel mushroom on the side, which I'm from the Midwest, so a morel mushroom is like the ultimate thing to get. So that was really, really cool. And then 
they had two other dishes. It was like a ceviche and something else. But everything was really wonderful. And then at that point, they came in and they paired us with another couple to sit at a table with. So we sat with this really super sweet couple. They were Disney obsessed. So that was great. One of them previously worked at Disney on the on the train system. So they were great to be paired with. But it was interesting because as we left, they asked us if they liked our partners on who we were paired with. So they kind of look to see who you interact with and then try to pair you um, with people that you're you're having conversations with. So that that was kind of cool. But overall, with only 30 people, it's a pretty intimate setting. So the chef will come out, introduce um, himself as well as discuss like what was going to come in on the menu. And he did an overview of the movie and the theme. So have you all ever seen the movie Silly Symphonies? Yes. Okay, so I had somewhat, like I had seen it, but it had been a while. It was interesting to hear that the chef had never seen the movie until he was given the menu. So, or given given this as like his event. So he talked a little bit about that and kind of walked us through how he tied the menu into the movie. So when he, you know, and then he introduced the sommelier as well, who's like the wine expert who paired everything with each dish. But each course that was served was like a scene from the movie. So there were six scenes with a finale, which was dessert, which was pretty cool. So like the first course was a water drop. And RJ, since you've seen the film, I guess it starts with raining, um, some rain coming down. Yep. So that was the first the first course was a water drop. So it was very interesting. Um, I guess the film kind of began monochromatic. Yes. So the the, the courses began that way. So oh, cool. everything was like very black and white. Yep. And then as the dishes went on, they became more colorful. So the water drip was the first thing that came out. And it was like a gelatin that had been a gelatin exterior. And then they distilled a Bloody Mary to make it clear. Wow. And then put the alcohol <laughs> on the inside. Oh, and wow. then they put it on a wooden spoon on a bed of greens. So I didn't know if we were supposed to eat the greens or what we were supposed to do. Everyone was kind of confused <laughs> on what to do with it. But you kind of did it like a shot almost. And it was interesting. I don't know. And Mel, you might be able to speak this. Have you ever had the, the mozzarella tomato soup like single bite at Remy? And it's like the best thing that's ever happened. <laughs> I, I think that's what they were attempting to go for. Okay. This, this was... um. You could have like put me on a show and been like, did you eat a goldfish or did you have a gelatin distilled Bloody Mary? Like, I don't, the texture was really, really off. So it was, it was really interesting. I would definitely recommend the, the, the single bite at Remy way over the, the water drop at, at this event. So I'm serious. It kind of tasted, it had the texture of a goldfish. It was like slimy, um, which is never a good thing, I guess. No. <laughs> So that was interesting. It was very different. I mean, I got to give him it fit the scene, but it was very, very different. And then the second dish or second scene was a cauliflower truffle sweet potato with sweet potato leaves. So the dish literally came out as a plate and had two huge leaves on it with like a little piece of truffle cauliflower underneath it. So I posted pictures of it on, on Twitter, but literally it's like two big leaves. And so we we're like, it, and it was served with a pinot. And that was really, really good. But I have to forewarn you guys, we were also on Whole30, so it's a diet where like you can't eat any sugar or 
bread or carbs, anything that's like wonderful, you basically can't have it. So we're like, hey, we're going to cheat and go off the rails on this meal. And instead we get served two leaves and we're like, what is this? (laughs) 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 That's so sad. Like we were expecting to just like eat our faces off and this little plate comes out with two leaves on it. And we're like, no. Take that, you rabbits. Exactly, exactly. So it was really, really good. I don't want to make it sound like it wasn't good. It was delicious, but it was the leaves literally covered what was underneath it. (laughs) So it was small portions. And then the third scene was an asparagus crab and Bernays dish that they had. So the asparagus was like standing up and it was to look like the forest of the the trees and and like the introduction of the, the forest among the trees. So in this meal, in this dish, it had a lot of foam on it. And a lot of the dishes he made had foam. So I think your experience will vary greatly on who the chef is and what their platform is. So I think he kind of struggled on this one. But it's a a lot of our dishes were like vegetables as well as kind of like root vegetables. Very, very themed to Silly Symphonies with um, the, the flower and trees. So it, it was good. It was just like five stalks of asparagus on a plate. And we're like, no, I want to eat bread and cheese and bad things because we're on this diet and it's not supposed <laughs> to fit into the diet. So we we're, we we're just terribly frustrated with that part. And then the fourth dish was it was a peas, carrot and ham soup. This one was very interesting. And I think the consensus on it, our table guests said that it tasted like lawn clippings. So <laughs> Alrighty then. It, just, it just had that green, you know, it was like a green soup is how I would describe it. Right. So again, these things are like, they they were so focused on fitting the theme that some of them, I mean, the the meals were, the dishes was good, were good. It was very interesting, but it borderline worked and didn't work, right? I don't think this is something that you would go to a restaurant and you would say like, hey, it, what is the um, soup at Tiffin's? The popcorn soup? Have y'all ever had it I before? think so. No, I haven't eaten there yet. So they have this amazing like popcorn style soup at Tiffin's and it's wonderful. I wouldn't imagine that this one that is peas and carrots and ham would hold on a regular menu where the popcorn So it's like avant-garde was. molecular gastronomy kind of thing. Yeah, it was very creative. I mean, they took it to another level of creativity. Um, I get that, but not when you're paying two fifty a head, you know. I yeah, guess. and when they said edible like, art, clippings, I was like, yeah, it does taste art. like lawn clippings?" Like, <laughs> wow. Yeah, once you've had a lemongrass shot, you can't go back. Yeah, exactly. You know what grass tastes like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So th- at that point, I'm like, okay, the whole 30 diet, it's fitting in way too much. And then it, it got progressively better. So the the fifth scene was mushrooms with pine and smoked pork. You can see all the pictures and stuff online. I mean, the the presentation was beautiful, very small portions, though. And that one was that was a really delicious meal. And then our sixth scene was pretty much the final the final version that came out. And that was a Wagyu beef with a puree and leek charred potatoes. So, like, that scene was supposed to fit when the the forest had burned down. So, like, the potatoes had ash on them that they had rolled. And so, I mean, they did a really amazing job of matching the theming on it. And the food was really good. This is the only dish that I forgot to take a picture of. And that's because I just crushed it. Um, It was wonderful. (laughs) I thought the Wagyu was a little safe. But at this point, you've eaten, like, soup, so you're like, bring on the Wagyu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> so it was that one was really wonderful. Great presentation as well. And then the final dish was our dessert, our finale. So it was a pistachio chocolate and cherry like tiered dessert. And the final scene of the the movie is the caterpillar comes out with an engagement ring and the two trees get engaged. Mm -hmm. So there was a little caterpillar on top of the dessert with a gold like dusted ring um, that was made out of fondant. So that was really, really good as well. And it, again, fit the theme and, and really matched it. So again, each dish that we had also had wine paired with it. And it wasn't a small glass of wine. I mean, I couldn't even <laughs> get through the wine. At one point I was like, no, no, I want to finish this one before I move on to the next. And I had like four glasses of wine sitting there that were full <laughs> on the table. I could not keep up and I was trying to. And my husband, he did keep up and he was a wreck. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so he was having a lot of fun. But it was a really great meal. It was an awesome date night. It was definitely expensive. There was no doubt about that. Between the two of us, we spent $500 with $250 per person. There is You don't have to tip, so that was included in the price. There's obviously no discounts on it as well. You can't use you know, your annual pass discount or anything, Chase Visa Chase card or anything. And at the end, the, the chef came out and we gave him a huge applause. They introduced everybody on the team. So they had the full service crew come out. And I mean, for 30 guests being there, I think there was a one for one of somebody working there versus the, the guest. So they had all hands on deck to help out an amazing staff an amazing crew there to help out. And really, it was seamless. The entire evening was was quite amazing. And then the chef came out, gave us a signed menu, and you know we were, had the opportunity to sit and talk to him for a few minutes. And they really did come out and work the crowd and talk to everybody and you know shake hands, kiss babies, that kind of thing. So it was really, really <laughs> nice. I mean, you felt like you were a celebrity. They they really top notch service for sure. Disney always does great service, but here in particular was awesome. So again, it was an awesome meal. I would recommend booking ahead of time if you're interested. I think the, the most shocking part about this is Disney kind of has this underground segment of all these dining experiences that you can do. And we've kind of unearthed that here, but while we're at the meal, we're talking to our, our neighbors at the table and they're like, yeah, we do these all the time. We actually are on an email list from all of the different chefs from each of the restaurants. And I'm like, wait, what? And they're like, yeah, we're doing another one next week at Artist Point. It's a wine dinner. And they just email us and tell us when they're going to do it. And, you know, we obviously have to pay for the meal. But all the restaurants do them like once a month or every other month. Hmm. And I was, it was like mind blown. I was like, wait, what? There's a whole like dining experience going on um, at Artist Point and all of these other restaurants on property. And they do these wine nights and they just send an email out. So they have like a, an email group, like a DL list. And then they send it out and see who wants to come in for these different events. So they're like, yeah, you just got to go and talk to all the, the managers and the chefs at all these restaurants and they'll add you to the list. So have you all ever heard of any of these? Because I'm like, I'm shocked. No, no, Disney never heard of any of it. Yeah. This is the yeah. first time I've heard of anything like this. Yeah, we like we're we're shocked. So, you know, next time you guys are in the parks and you guys are in some of these restaurants, kind of do a feeler and ask these guys about some of these events that they might have. But the the hard part or the challenge, right, is it's almost only for locals because you have to find out about them and then also plan it to be there on time. So I don't think right. they're going six eight months out. I think they're just a few weeks out on these events. So. I don't know if this is kind of maybe leading into Club 33 and they're testing out menus or they're seeing if that clientele exists. 
But I found it very interesting that kind of Club 33 is going to come online around the same time as some of these events. And, and maybe they've always been going on. Maybe this has always occurred and I just haven't been in that that streamline of things. But I, I'm, I'm just shocked. Or if it's only for Gold Note guests, right? They only want to get that client who's buying a couple million dollar home to go to these events. I was pretty shocked. So... <laughs> We're going to try to get on some of these email lists as we go out. We're going to try to meet some of the chefs. But I also heard about another experience that's out there, and it's called the Gone Mad Party. And it's at Grand Floridian. They're doing a one-month test just in the month of June outside of Gasparilla's. And it's an Alice in Wonderland-themed dessert party. Have you all Uh, heard about this? No. No. Not heard of that either. So that was on a blog that I saw, and they're doing a test on that. It's it's only one night a week again, and they'll have the Alice in Wonderland characters come out, and they do dancing and different things. But it's basically a dessert party at Grand Floridian, so you can see the the fireworks and the happily ever after show from there. So I'm just I'm not sure how they're communicating some of this stuff because even being a local and we're at the parks all the time, you know, if it's just for DVC members or, you know, I'd love to to try to figure out how they're communicating this stuff out so I can find out I want to go to some of this stuff. But this one I found in the newspaper, um, the Disney Delicious. Really? Maybe they're just, uh, maybe it's a test and they're just putting this stuff out on social media, see who reads certain, I mean, I've seen nothing coming across Twitter or Facebook or anything, and those are the only two media outlets I really rely on for news and rumors and new stuff. I, I don't read very many blogs other than those of us on this uh, podcast, so... If yeah. you guys don't tell me about it, then I don't really know anything. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not do sure you know how much you book it? You know how you would book that Gone Mad party. Uh, and do you know how much it was the Gone Mad party? No, I just saw a blog about it today, and maybe main, the main dining line. But that would be a good thing for people who aren't, you know, either staying on property or locals and don't have annual passes where they could go to the dessert party and have that Disney experience without having to buy park passes or even stay in one of the resorts so that's kind of why I'm, I'm curious to see where that one's priced at right yeah uh, I could definitely look and follow up with it and what I found interesting about this delicious Disney too is it's an entirely different phone number you have to call like if you contacted you know WDW Dine you can't even book this experience with them it's an entirely different number. I wonder if they even know about it I was just it. gonna say is it something they know about because I feel like that happened to me last year when they were doing in conjunction with food and wine some of those culinary experiences one being the behind the scenes at trader sam's which i attended when i called the regular wdw dine line they didn't know anything about it and i called like on the date that it was in the parks blog that's how i had found it and then like on a on a twitter blast and i ended up calling dvc because i'm a member and then the woman on that she knew about it but but the system wasn't letting her like book so she had to even dig even deeper to even get into the system to book it as a special event so i i think sometimes that stuff is is highly specialized and yeah they should if they want people to do it then they definitely should make it more accessible to a the information about it instead of like through obscure not i'm not saying that the blog that crystal founded in was an obscure blog but it's not on some mainstream news site or what right, or a disney, disney publication or, right or, or even any news. sort of you know the disney insider or the mickey monthly or any of those other things they send in the mail to either annual pass holders or dvc holders or anything of that sort so to kind of stumble upon it is i mean good for her i'm glad she did because then you know it's 
it sounds like it's a really good experience. And if you're yeah, absolutely. You know. Well, I just found an article on this Gone Mad Wishes Fireworks Party. It actually started last August. Ah, wow. And, gee, I'm like... and 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 you'll like this part. Apparently, it's free. Huh? At the Grand Floridian, huh? something's free. Yep. No, really? there this year free. Of, there are plenty of treats and drinks that you can purchase. Ha ha ha! Think ha. of this gathering as something similar to those pool parties that happen during afternoons around the resort. Right. Hmm. Ah, so okay. any, anybody can so show up. Cart. But if you really want to have a good time, you got to get your magic band ready. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> Pay to play. And there's no reservations. At least this article in August says there was no reservations. Right. Huh. So, but yeah, I also, there were character interactions. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I saw was the character interactions. I'll and see if I can got, link over to it. And they've got furniture from the... Uh, uh, mad tea party at Disneyland. Huh. So they brought in some of the chairs and the ottomans that were at that party. They're actually pretty cool. I wouldn't mind having a couple of them in my house. Oh <laughs> yeah, I heard those were shipped to Disney World, but I didn't know what they did with them. Yeah. Now we know. Now we know. <laughs> they put them in the fancy place. Mm-hmm. For the fancy folks. And it takes place in... Crystal solves the mystery. <laughs> yes. Place in Jessica, the... now you know. Gasparilla Island Grill. Okay. What is that on, like, on the beach or by one of the pools? I don't know the layout of that resort very well. I don't don't recognize some of these. I wonder if that's on... That's where the quick service is. So you go past the Grand Floridian Cafe and then kind of snake it like you're heading towards the boats. Okay. And then it's there on your left-hand side. Gotcha. Yeah, but it looks like they go out on the dock because this one picture shows... What looks like one of the docks where they would load boats at. Hmm. And that's where they have the tables set up at. See, so yeah, I heard about that event. And then also, like, Port Orleans is doing a 5K run on Sundays now. So it's super casual, oh, wow. kind of like the Castaway run, the 5K run. But they'll give you a bib number. You run throughout the property. And then when you get done, you get beignets. Um, Sold. I'm in. I'm in. And, and that's one of those, like, <laughs> you know... They kind of talk about, like, they do the movie nights and stuff that's unique to that property. But it's so cool how they're doing these, like, little events that unless you stay at that property, you wouldn't know about it. So I'm assuming this is similar. Like, the Gone Mad Party is similar to that, right? It's just for those resort guests. And I'm wondering if Disney Delicious or Delicious Disney is for Gold Note guests. So Gold Note is wanting something that's, you know, morally nicer that is exclusive to them versus... Right now, I don't really think that they get many benefits to being on property. With that price point, it'll probably stay that way. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what? I'm if if that's what they're doing with these, not necessarily the delicious Disney things. I mean, if you want to pay, they'll let anybody in. It doesn't matter where you're staying. But if they're doing those other things, like the Mad Hatter thing and the thing over at Port Orleans that are specific to each resort and not generic, if they're leaning back towards that, I'm all for it. Because that's the way it used to be. Because well, they've I, always I, had they've always had kind of pop up parties at the at the resorts, you know, through the weeks, you know, around different holidays. Like we stayed one year at Saratoga Springs for Fourth of July, and on Fourth of July, I mean, they had a huge pool party. They gave they gave away patriotic cupcakes. They had characters. They had everything out by the pool pretty much the whole day we hung out at the pool the whole day because we didn't want to be in the park because it was too crowded right right (laughs) 
I also have to imagine that they're going to start trying to step up some of these DVC events that you can go to because right now if you're enrolled in DVC you're limited on what you can do that's that's exclusive for DVC so what's really your motivation to pay the money to be a part of that program if you can't do exclusive things if anal pass holders can do everything that Mm -hmm. you can do so I'm just curious if these are kind of test runs on DVC activations that they can do for different properties where they have Mm -hmm. DVC hotels I wish they would do that because it is there is not many specific DVC events that they do like Christmas time they do the Merry Mixer over in Epcot and the old Millennium Village and you know that's mm-hmm. that's pretty cool and it's basically the same thing as a dessert party you just have characters wearing christmas garb and hot chocolate and lemonade and they did like a karaoke show and things of that nature and then last year they did they were doing a bunch of special different things for the 25th anniversary of dvc like they had a special night at animal kingdom one night my wife and i signed up and did that but other than that yeah they really don't ha- have a ton of yeah, they were doing movie previews for, like, I remember going to a DVC preview for Big Hero 6. It was right. before it actually got out in the theaters. Yeah, yep. I think they did uh, one and for... they've been doing a bunch of those. They did one for Pirates here a few weeks ago. Right. I think they did one for Tomorrowland, too, because I think my parents ended up, got to see that when whenever that movie came out. But other but they don't do as much, even for APs, they don't do like what they do. I know, I know we discussed it. When they were doing it, whatever, a couple of months ago, when Disneyland does their AP days. Like, they don't do any of that in Disney World. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like Crystal said, it could be, if this is all just test runs and that's why they're not doing like heavy promotion on runs, it, though. then... Hey, you know what? Does I mean, does anybody else think that, that they're just... A, they're, I mean, because last month, and I don't know if they're still doing it at Port Orleans, they had the Bloody, ba- the Bloody Mary bar over at Muddy Rivers. Right. Where it was like, make your own Bloody Marys for 13 bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was a test, and the thought was that if it was a successful run over at Muddy Rivers, that they would take it over to River Roost. But I know that I'm not a Bloody Mary fan, but no, I'm married either. to one. I, I am married to a very big Bloody Mary fan, so <laughs> the thought of a Bloody Mary bar, oh my goodness, that's like Christmas to him. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, and that's it. That's a drink that can go morning, noon, or night. I think that's part of the appeal of it. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, so that just seems that there's a lot of test runs of things lately or limited time. I don't know how they're calling it these days. I don't. I, I think they gave up on that limited time magic. Limited button. time magic. Yeah. yeah. They, like, they, they got can, they got kind of lambasted for that one. Here that today, year. gone tomorrow <laughs> yeah, kind exactly. of experiences, which yeah. I, you know, is a frequent guest. You know, we're pretty frequent, you know, travelers that I, I like that they're popping up with all these different things. Oh, definitely. Because Otherwise, it's the same. <laughs> Not that the same old isn't awesome because it is, but I do like right. that they inject a little bit of new. Yes, especially when prices keep going up. So end up. <laughs> well, so now I have a thought behind some of it. Now, when is can't keep track of how many times he's said he's done and then extended his his contract there. When is Iger actually leaving again? Now, next year. I, I lost no. count. They just renewed him through, I think, 2019. Okay, so uh, thinking okay. on this is because Iger's the one that kind of generalized everything in the parks as far as, like, merchandise and food, and that was, like, his thing to mainstream everything and keep everything flowing. More homogenized. More, right, so maybe they're, trying, maybe they're trying to go back to how it was before he 
was in charge because when it was ton more resort specific merchandise and dining experiences mm-hmm. were were definitely one of a kind. I mean, you ha- did have some overlap with some food choices at quick serve and stuff. Yes, obviously, but there was a time where like Pecos Bill was like the quick serve to go to in the Magic Kingdom because they had that fantastic fixing bar with everything you could possibly want. <gasps> the menu was awesome. And they had a great veggie burger. It was fantastic. Mm. And then all of a sudden, you know, over the years, it just, it was a slow but slow but sure process. And people who went every once every five, six years, it didn't really affect them because they don't really remember. But people like us, locals like Crystal, who visit often, you're like, what the hell's going on? All of a sudden, this is this. And all of a sudden, it's, you know, the same menu across the board. Mm-hmm. And what is, you know. Right. So, I mean. I, I, and, mo- and the food and the merchandise kind of took that route where you yes. could get the same merchandise at Everywhere. as you could get at the Emporium, as you could get at Mouse Gears. I mean, it, and it just seemed like there was no, like, why would I buy it here if I know I can buy it there later? Right. Or the Disney Parks app has it, or the Disney Parks merchandise on the Disney Store. Store.com yeah. has it. Right. It, it's kind of watered it down as a commodity, but... Well, it made stuff that you bought in the park not special and exclusive anymore. Right. Because why am I going to buy... I mean, I, I enjoy mm-hmm. souvenirs and I used to like getting stuff, but there's been nothing in the past two or three trips that has really sparked me. Not even right. not even some of the t-shirts, just because I'm like, eh, just doesn't... You can you know, get it online. Or if and I get... And I tell my readers all the time, I'm like, look, you can check out what they have on the DisneyStore.com because that Disney Parks merchandise will go on sale. DisneyStore.com sends coupons in the email. They sure do. Unless it's out of season, it's not going to be discounted on the cruise ship. No. You come home and see something discounted for 30, 40% off when you get home that you bought for full price on board, you're not going to be happy. No. So I usually figure out what merchandise overlays so that I'm like, why why would I buy something on the ship that I can buy? On an app. On an app, right. Well, and most people don't realize that you can use the Disney Parks shopping app on the cruise ship without actually signing up for internet. Nice. Perfect. Yeah. I just learned something. Hey, we yeah, learned... You can actually connect to the Wi-Fi because that's how they let you use their uh, Navigator uh-huh. app. But so you can all, it also lets app. you get the Disney.com and it also lets you use the Parks shopping app. We also learned... Can you use DisneyStore.com on the ship? With the ship I Wi-Fi? don't know, but I know the app I have to try. works. I know the app works. I don't know about the website. Okay. I'll have to give that one a try. Just because it's fascinating. Yeah. No, yeah. oh, Milford also nice. taught us last week, at least Jessica and myself, that uh, some of the stuff on that Disney Parks shopping app works over towards Disneyland as well. Which, yes. Which, mm-hmm. she yes. Was, which she wasn't aware of, and I obviously had no clue about, so... And yeah. sometimes, and apparently, you can use your annual pass to get discounts, too, through that app. Yeah, I believe you can, because it's all linked. I don't have one, but it's somebody, like shopping I'm linked at the parks. With, somebody I'm linked with on my Disney experience has one, and it was going to let me order it based on the fact that I had an annual pass somewhere here <laughs> in my party. Nice. Which doesn't hurt my feelings. No, not at no. all. <laughs> so, yeah. Hope Disney's not Very listening cool. to this podcast. <laughs> No, I don't oh, think no. they're not sure worried. That, that hole will be plugged next week. <laughs> oh, no. I don't think they're worried about little old us. I'm glad Crystal found about out about that and was able to go and at least experience it because that's pretty cool. And, and you know, like we're 
been talking about it. Who, who the hell would have known about it if, if somebody didn't know? Right. You know, especially in like a local newspaper. I mean, who, who reads the newspapers anymore? <laughs> I have got I know I don't. All right, they may have linked over to it on Twitter. That's how I, the Orlando yeah, Sentinel newspaper did. I've got to find out about this did. email list. That, that's the, yeah. the take home from it, all of that is that you can get, yeah. you speak to the managers at the, you know, the signature restaurants and get on the chef's personal they email They all list. have a different list. So you got to oh like. Oh my gosh. Somebody, so somebody I talked to said they were making business cards and they were giving them to like the managers at every restaurant with their phone number and their contact information. <gasps> That's fantastic. Yeah, see, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit up my cast member to... friend that works in concierge at, at uh, Saratoga and see if he has any insight to some of this stuff. So I'm gonna have to talk maybe to the I'll, chefs maybe I'll and have me an and Paulo and weeks. find out. Yeah, and something to add to that. So I guess some of these events, too, like some of the Disney legends go. So like the first one, there were a few like popular people. And I don't know all their names, but my husband knew who everybody was. When we went to this last one, the director of Food and Wine was there. So oh, wow. like we were able to kind of talk to her, which was awesome. She didn't overshare anything. Secretly, I wanted her to. But um, <laughs> but like there, there's a lot of people that are from Disney as well that are going to these events. And so you can meet some of the legends there, too. So kind of oh, fun celebrity sightings, potentially. I'm all about that. Yeah, I'm going to have to see if the chefs at Remy and Paula get in on this fun. When yeah. they're stateside. Which is what? It's a small club. Once every so. 10 years. Mm-hmm. Well, the no, problem is few, you can't afford to do it all the time. <laughs> exactly. No, Are, are they going to be there when I'm there? <laughs> <laughs> well, you said Chef Honnell was supposed to have been at this one you went to, right? Are you, me? Yeah. Oh, your name dropping people. I don't know. Um, <laughs> well, Chef Honnell. Chef he knows people. Chef Honnell's the chef at Victoria and Albert's, and he also has half of the menu on Remy on the on the fantasy and the dream. Oh, okay. So that was uh, he was supposed to be the chef then I guess for the April twenty sixth event that we couldn't go to because Ah, uh, okay. Because work got in the way. <laughs> so we okay. were with uh, um Chef John Clark and his team. Oh, okay. That's awesome. That's awesome. I like those those special experiences like that for sure. Especially when it's not a zillion people, so that's like you said, it's yes, very, you know, 30 absolutely. people is like, yeah, that's like having a dinner party at your house. So that's, that's perfect. Yeah. It's like a chef's private table. Yeah. Private dinner party. Now, how, what does that compare to Victoria's and Albert's price point wise? That's Victoria and Albert's is a lot more, right? Isn't that per person or am I wrong? I'm not sure. I've never done that. So. Well, I think yeah, it depends I think on which and one you do. Yeah, I think it starts around there, like two fifty. I heard if you're doing the chef's table, like with two people, you're gonna be closer to a thousand if you okay. to get out of there. And that's where you know if you are gonna go do a this is it, it, the break evens there if you consider the wine and the fact that the tips already included. Right. So right. If you're gonna go to a hundred dollar meal or a hundred fifty dollar meal, um, like a Morton's or some other Ruth Chris or fancy steakhouse and you're going to get appetizer, you know, you're going to do a three course meal there and get wine and tip. You're going to be 200, 250. Oh yeah, definitely. So, I mean, that's where I think you can get a, you know, a pretty good meal here. And it's, it's more focused on experience than it is like eating where you need to wear like stretchy pants when you go in there. So, cause it wasn't a ton of food. Like when I went to Remy, I was like, if they bring out another plate, I'm, I I can't do it. Like I just can't eat anything else. (laughs) Remy is overwhelming. The the amount of food. 
Right. I just looked it up. The chef table at Victoria and Albert's is 250. It's 355 if you do the pairing. Okay. So the seven course is 185. The pairing makes it 250. The 10 course is 235. Okay. And then, and then there's a 13 course, right? And they're also a 13 course. This particular menu doesn't have it listed, but that does not mean it does not exist. Yeah, it's only at the chef's table, I think. That could be it. There's also yeah. um, the Queen Victoria's room, which is... Right. So there's that as well, but... And what's that one? You have to give you up know, your firstborn? Could be. <laughs> Might well, be worth the, it, though. Yeah. Queen Victoria's room is specifically for, I think, couples, typically. Two people at a table. Oh, uh, okay. Ah. Hmm. Yes, it is described as whisper quiet. Oh, that's no fun. That counts me out. <laughs> that count, yeah, I'm out too. Especially after like the <laughs> third glass of wine or third bottle of wine. <laughs> Forget it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you might start getting side eye from the servers. Oh, I'll definitely get side eye from servers and other <laughs> patrons of the area. I probably would get side eye as soon as I walked through the door of that place. But that's, You're like, oh, that's no, another no, no, story. No, no, like, no. oh, crap. Who let this guy in? <laughs> no golden oak dinners for you. No. That's for sure. That is for sure. That's why we have Crystal. The best is you're like, how do I get out of here? And you, you, you really want them to be like, so when you reach the bronze aerial statue, you take a right. You know, like, I wish yeah, they yeah, would yeah. use, like, the landmarks that were... <laughs> like, I would totally I would totally be like that that kind of person. Like, oh, at the, at the aerial statue, you take a left, take, and my yeah. house is right there. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> You, you need to find that's, an that's excuse. That's the shady to, part of the neighborhood. Yeah. You need to find an excuse to go over and drive through there at Christmas. Ooh. Well, isn't okay, it gated so though? It, it, yes. it is. Yes. But the Four Seasons is in the back, so yes. you can kind of weasel schedule dinning at the Four Seasons, and you can go pretty much anywhere you want to in there. Yeah, once they let you through the gate. But as nice. a part of owning a home in there, you have an option to have Disney decorate your house for Christmas. Yes. <gasps> I want that option. For a nominal fee. Yeah, I'm sure it comes with a fee. <laughs> if you can it's, afford the house, you can yeah, afford yeah, the fee. Yeah, I can afford it's pro- Disney to decorate my it's house. It's probably definitely not part of your uh, uh, HOAs. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas decoration or holiday oh, decoration. Oh, gosh. Trick or treating, like just come roll in with your kids and be like, "Isn't he adorable? Here's my resume. Yeah, what are right? you doing that I'm not doing? Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and hire yeah. me. Yeah, hire me. Yeah, you need somebody to clean your gutters? <laughs> I'm your guy. <laughs> uh, anything. Whatever you need. Oh yeah. Well, uh, one that's day. Fun. I like hearing about those dining experiences. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. We got a taste of dining at a chef's table at a local place last year. That's around the Raleigh area that's wonderful and I gotta say I'm kind of hooked on experiences like that now so you have to tell us if you do it again yeah those are fun experiences yeah I've never done that yet so I'll have to I'll have to try that closest I've come was the wine room in Remy on the dream ooh hmm so we did a lot of debating on whether we would do Disney Delicious again or if we would just go straight for Remy and we did a lot of compare and contrast, and I think Remy definitely took the took the W on this one for for us. Okay, good to know. So, yeah, we were pretty happy with Remy. Okay, that works. And Remy is similar to Paulo, correct? 
No. Mm, no. No? All right. Similar in that it is adults only. There's a strictly enforced dress code. It's actually stricter than Palo. Right, Remy right. is more French-inspired cuisine okay. where Palo is northern Italian. Palo it is for me, then. <laughs> well, actually, at Remy has two sides to the menu. There's a French side. French in it. Yeah. And an American side, because Chef Honnold does the American side, and I don't remember for the life of me who the French chef is that did the French side. Yeah, call it it's French Remy. food for American palates. Yes. Remy's the chef who does the other one. <laughs> <laughs> Little, it's Luigi. Linguini. Little chef. Linguini, <laughs> Linguini yeah. Linguini. <laughs> That's too much Mario Brothers in my house. <laughs> That's that other company. There's too much Linguini in my house. <laughs> Linguini Luigi. Oh. It's all good. Well, see, Crystal's not going to do another one now. She didn't like it, so we're not going to get another review on that. <laughs> she, she doesn't want to eat little pieces of I'm about of, to do the dessert party grass and Remy, so I'll let you know how that goes. <laughs> all right. Well, in the theming of dessert and the such, this may be old news to some people if you're following along, but just a few things I'd, I'd heard about dessert party wise uh, pertaining to the parks I guess the Illuminations dessert party is ending in the middle of July and it's being replaced by the Frozen dessert party surprise surprise that they're Uh pushing that but the thing that's more ridiculous about it I didn't read I've never done any of those dessert parties either in the Magic Kingdom or at Epcot and but looking at the price point, like the old one was $49 for adults and 29 for kids. They're hiking up the frozen one to $79 for adults and $47 for children. I don't know if it, in, if it involves more food. I didn't read the comparison of what is offered and what will be offered, but I don't really care for it to jump up $30 it better include alcohol. It better include a lot of things. It, my kid better be able to stuff his face with as many cupcakes he can get his hands on. Yeah. So, you know, for whatever that's worth. And for those who do those dessert parties for both Hollow Wishes and Mickey's Christmas Party, those bookings are open now. And the thing that always bothers me about those is it's an extra fee on top of what the party tickets are. And the party tickets have jumped up some insane amount of percentage for this year more than last year and then on top of that you're paying another $80 for like a fancy dessert party while you're in a private party yeah a couple I of guess... the parties got as high as 100 and 105 this yeah. year yeah yeah I mean that's almost the same price that's ridiculous as into the park and I know we're going off what our original topic is and well I'm sure we'll get to this once it gets closer to those well the Halloween party starts next week I think anyway right <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, but not only the price has gone up, but then they're taking away attractions that are open and character experiences. So I, yeah, I, don't, I you know, so whatever. That's for another podcast to to get all crazy about that. So those are just a few things that I had noticed, and just keeping with our theme. But I know Milford, you had you wanted to just uh, talk. Yeah, about so a couple we'll things. kind of stand with the same theme. Just a travel agent note from your uh, resident travel agent, friendly, uh, friendly neighborhood travel agent. <laughs> 2018 Disney World packages start booking. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have any further details on what those packages may look like, what's changing. Uh, there's a lot of rumors out. Reading, you will be able to book 
tomorrow a trip up through December 31st of 2018. Okay. So, wow. Yeah. Okay, and and tomorrow is Tuesday. Yeah, so Tuesday. Like the system opens at yeah. 7 a.m. tomorrow morning for agents, and we can start booking stuff. Right. Which so is so if you're interested, give me a call. Yeah. Let's <laughs> see. No. No shameless plug there. No, no, no. But there is a few rumors out about the uh, dining plan for next year. They're talking about the possibility that they may add alcohol to the uh, plus dining plan and the premium dining plan. I'm listening. Not to the quick service, obviously. It's a little vague, but they're talking about you would receive, you'd be eligible to receive a single serving specialty drink, such as like a artisanal milkshake, fresh smoothie, premium hot chocolate, soda, coffee, or tea. Presumably sodas would still receive refills as always. But then they're also talking about single-service alcoholic beverages that might include beer or hard cider, wine or sangria, or even a mixed drink such as a specialty cocktail. Again, no information about this yet, but... uh, that's just some of the rumors that are bounding about about the Disney dining plan, which means, you know, if they do that, that means those prices for those dining plans are probably going to go up again. Oh, absolutely. They've gone up all of the last four years, so it's not a surprise. So we talked a little bit before we started the show about mobile ordering. I know, I think Adrian said she got to use it at Animal Kingdom. Uh, right now, there are three locations that you can order mobile. Pete Safari, Satuli Canteen, and just last week, they just added the Flame Tree Barbecue. Sometime this summer, in addition, at the Magic Kingdom, they're going to be adding the Tomorrowland Terrace Restaurant, Cosmic Ray Starlight Cafe, Pinocchio Village House, Pecos Bill's Tall Tale Inn and Cafe, and the Columbia Harbor House. So those will all be coming on online with the mobile ordering this summer. And from what I hear, the mobile ordering is pretty cool. I have not used it yet. I know, Adrian, you said that you'd used it, and I think her microphone may still be out. Yeah, I think we're having technical difficulties with Adrian. So. Yeah, so, <laughs> but, She's uh, on the chat, so maybe she can answer. Yeah, she said, it was, writing. She said <laughs> it was seamless that uh, you could order it say okay you can basically indicate hey i'm here and they prepare your food and then they send a message back to the app and you go pick up your food which is that's pretty cool yeah definitely staying even more on the subject of food oh she says it's great for families for sure (laughs) we'll get we'll get a live feed of adrian when she gives us her trip report (laughs) it's coming up probably next probably in the next week or so but yeah, her her uh, she's having technical difficulties, so we're we're uh, we're translating through Skype Messenger. Yeah. <laughs> so, moving on to some other stuff that's coming up this fall, as we know, the uh, Epcot Wine and Food Festival is actually seventy five days this year. Starts August thirty first. You know, it's only two months away, basically. Yep. And runs through November thirteenth. There's a couple guides out about the. Uh, food and wine festival this year and they've got some new foods they've also got a partial list of groups that'll be playing at the eat to the beat concerts but they've still got a lot of open dates in it which is unusual because usually they have all those filled by now but 
maybe they have, and I'm just looking at an outdated article. That could be. So that stuff's coming up, and then as we talked a little bit ago, uh, tickets are on sale for both the Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party and the Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Parties this year. The Halloween parties start up, I think, like the week right after Labor Day this year. No, before. Are they before? Oh, no, that's Food and Wine starts uh, the 29th. That's Food um, and Wine, right. I'm not sure. I think the first one, you might be right, though. I think it's that weekend. Or it's pretty close to it. Let's see. Dates are. I'm pretty. It might even be Labor Day weekend. Uh, oh, wait a minute. August 25th. There you go. Before. That's yeah. Ri- that's ridiculous. August 25th and 29th. September 1st, 7th, 10th, 12th, 15th, 17th, 19th, 22nd, 24th, 26th, and 29th. And then, holy cow, October 1st, 3rd, 5th, 6th, 9th, 10th, 12th, 13th, 15th, 17th, 19th, 20th, 22nd, 24th, 26th, 27th, 29th, 31st, oh my. and November 1st. So you yeah. get four whole months of Halloween parties. Yeah, there's... I am obsessed oh with the Halloween party, but having it in August is ridiculous. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, no. And the price point is just Well, the insane price point is actually cheaper. So if you go in August, it's oh yeah, oh absolutely. Is but it bad go... that I ordered costumes already? Oh, <laughs> no, <laughs> but don't judge. No, I'm not judging. I just, I just yeah. think it's insane. I mean, the end of August, it's still a thousand degrees, and yeah. you're gonna dress up and wander around for five hours in this sweltering heat. No, I mean, jeez. Yeah, no judgment, Crystal. Adrian just said I'm working on my costume now. <laughs> so, and I'm just reusing mine from last year, so I don't even have to worry about it. So the prices range anywhere from seventy-four dollars to one hundred and fifteen, and the only night that's one hundred and fifteen is the actual it's, October thirty-first right. night, which I'm surprised is not sold out. Yeah, it says it's not yet. No, usually it does, but m- maybe because that went up. I think that's up. I think last year it was a hundred or just uh, or ninety-nine. So. And then, as as always, annual pass holders and DVC members can get discounted tickets to only select dates, and then also it's only yeah, like five dollars like, off, like six bucks. Yeah. yeah. And then, active duty and retired and permanently disabled U.S. military get a discount as well. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I love Halloween time. It's probably my favorite time to be down in the parks. I love the decor just as much as I do Christmas stuff and I love that Halloween party just like Jessica said and I, but I can't I can't justify that I got a family of five to go for <laughs> for five hours in the park you know it's just nuts especially if they're yeah, not, especially if they're not gonna if they're not gonna offer more things don't take stuff away and raise the price offer more stuff I mean the whole park should just be open and then, surprisingly, the Christmas parties don't start until November 9th. That's a shock. Yeah, yeah they used so to have... They are... Go ahead. No, I was going to say, they used to have like that overlap, because I know there was years my parents would go, and they would time it so they would catch that last Halloween party on November 1st, and then catch the first Christmas party, like, you know, whatever, a few days on later. The 5th, yeah. I mean, We've done that a couple times. That's a little crazy, but, <laughs> you know... The... So the dates for the Christmas party are November 9th, 10th, 12th, 14th, 16th, 17th, 26th, and 28th. December 1st, 3rd, 5th, 7th, 8th, 10th, 12th, 14th, 15th, 17th, 19th, 21st, and 22nd. 
Wow, they're bringing it closer to Christmas. I feel I yeah. I felt like they've always ended that in the teens. Well, I think they're doing it because twenty second is like a Friday. Oh, uh, okay. I think Christmas is like on a Tuesday this year. I believe so. Okay, so they have like that. They have like a full. Oh, Christmas weekend. is on Monday. Yeah. So they have a full week and a weekend before. No, just a weekend or a weekend. Yeah, because yeah. because stuff doesn't get to crazy level until that that week anyway, or that Monday before the Christ, Tuesday before Christmas anyway. Yeah. So Christmas they, party tickets range from eighty nine dollars for adults to a hundred and nine, and eighty four to a hundred and four for children. Wow, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's just insane. It should be half price for children. It should be half the adult yeah. for three to nine year olds. It really should. For the half a cookie they're gonna eat. Yeah. And I've heard the cookies have gotten terrible. Well, you know, when we first started going to the Christmas parties, you actually got a picture taken. And they mailed the picture to your house. Oh, really? Yeah. I've only gone to one Christmas party, and that was two years ago, three years ago now. Yeah. And I was not as in... I liked it. I had a good time, but I would definitely... If I had to pick between the two, I would pick the Halloween party. I enjoyed that. They the f- actually used to do that picture at both the Halloween party and the Christmas party. Oh, yeah. And it was just against a Disney backdrop, but... Yeah, but something. Point, you had a picture that you were at the party. Yeah, it's so. something. Yeah, now the only way you can prove it is if you buy a shirt. <laughs> yeah. Because they don't even... They used to give you the separate hard tickets for the events. That was like, you know, like a pass, like the credit card thing. Now everything's just... Yeah, linked, now it's on the it's, band. It's all linked to your band. They still give you a bracelet, you know, for going into the shops and, and getting on attractions because they try to get everybody out of the park, but they really can't tell you to leave. Right. You know, I mean, you can wander around and watch the fireworks and the parade. They're not going to stop you. You just can't ride any rides or go in any sh- shops and buy anything, which I'd be cool with. <laughs> yeah. But anyway. So other than that, that's I mean, that's pretty much all I had on those things. You know, the big news that there may be some changes coming to the dining plan that none of us are going to know about till tomorrow, if they even tell us tomorrow. And uh, that the uh, 2018 packages start booking tomorrow as well. So I would hope that they'll tell us what's in the 2018 dining plan tomorrow as well. You would think so. You kind of would need to know that. Most people are going to want to do a package if they don't know what's in it, right? Exactly. So Exactly. Very good. The only other thing I had of note was park-related that the Pirates of the Caribbean and the Magic Kingdom was started doing on-ride photographs this weekend. I believe Sunday was the first day, and uh, a buddy of mine was down there for the previous week, and Sunday was his last day, so he went to the Magic Kingdom in the morning before he was going to be leaving with his family to try to get to get on the ride and, and try it, and uh, surprise, surprise, the system was down, so no pictures on Pirates for him. Uh, I, I don't know if they've gotten it up and running. I haven't heard anything today or as of in the past few days if it's working and so on and so, so forth. So where did they put that? My understanding was they put the old skull and crossbones Yes, that's what uh, I heard too. The right old, at the top of the hill as you yes, drop. Yes, the old skull and crossbones that used to say dead man no tails and used to give you the little speech about there be squalls ahead keep your ruddy arms in the boat which I wish they had never taken out because that was a, I liked that. Uh, they yeah. took that out? 
they yeah, took they it out a while out. ago. They added the oh, when they that's like the this. best part yeah. of the ride at Disneyland. <laughs> they took that out, I think, when they did the the big refurb and put Jack Sparrow in. That's when they took a lot of that stuff out and they made. Yeah, because their... it's still in the one in Disneyland, right? Yes. I think oh I, yeah, I, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. no, it, they don't say anything now. You go, you get dark, you go around the corner. There's the uh, you know the beach scene where they've added the mermaid skeleton, and then on the right you got the captain, the skeleton captain with the lightning on the boat, and then you just go down the hill. They don't say anything. They don't say that, you know, they say, it is just silent. Silence. Until you go Well, down. you go through the mist that might be a projection of Davy Jones, or it might be Blackbeard. Well, yeah, that's or... before that, but... Yeah. Yeah, but they used to have the one going right down the hill. I, I'm assuming yeah. that's where they take the picture, going down the hill. The darkest part of the ride, it's in complete pitch black, so it's either... Yeah. So now you're gonna have an annoying flash in your face to go down a ten-foot little drop yeah i don't get it i mean i do because people will buy them or maybe not or it's linked to your photo pass if you have a magic band or a buy any sort of uh ticket package so you know by I, the way I, I have to add the drop in ours in disney world is a wimpy one compared to the one in disneyland yes i've heard that as well and there's two in disneyland yeah yeah but- there's one in the dark, and then there's one with light, so you can see where you're going. Yeah, I got drenched on the one in the dark. <laughs> oh, that's too bad. <laughs> Were you and right I in the front? Yeah, they sat us in the front. Oh. <laughs> it's uh, all good. That's it. That's all good. You can go home smelling like that water. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, well, I think now's a good time to wrap this episode up. If you're going to be in the Indianapolis area on August 26th, uh, we're having our 10th anniversary Indie Disney meet, and it's going to be a blast. We've doubled the space this year. Uh, It's held at the fairgrounds right here in Hamilton County in Noblesville, Indiana, which is uh, on the northeast side of Indy. And we got all kinds of stuff, all kinds of people coming this year. Uh, Yeehaw Bob, which I don't know how many of you are familiar with him. But he does performances at Port Orleans Resort at the River Roost Lounge. We've got Herbie the Love Bug coming. Of course, you know, our, our favorite people, the the princesses from Frozen. The uh, 501st Legion, which is a fan group that does Empire and Rebel costuming from Star Wars will actually be here. And there's some of that in the video that I posted so it's a carry-in everybody brings food and and holy cow we end up with a ton of it everything from savory to sweet Uh, they usually have a machine set up uh, doing dole whips we have drawings and things like that but all the money that we raise goes to uh, give kids the world which is the the little community in Florida where basically Make-A-Wish takes their kids for kids that are you know have come down with cancer and it's their make a wish to go to disney world so so all the money we raise for that goes towards that charity we're also going to be doing a group podcast from there there'll be several of us there i know uh, mike relman from be our guest podcast is going to be there he started coming last year it'll be a really good time so if you're in the area and i'll i'll be talking about it the next uh, few podcasts up probably even until that weekend so they have a kid's room with kid's activities, and they always have character meet and greets in there, face painting. They'll have a DJ. At some point, they show a couple movies for the kids, and 
uh, it's a good time. So come on out. As always, you can find us on the DizExplorers.com where you can find links to all our social media accounts for the podcast and where you can also find all our social media links for all our individual troopers. Uh, we're all out there on some form, either Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and also the podcast is the same thing. We're on all those platforms as well. Please look us up, follow us, interact with us. It's lots of fun. Keeps Diz Explorers on your brain all the time because we're everywhere. <laughs> uh, as far as for listening to this podcast or downloading it, you can get to it from our website. You can go to uh, Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, the TuneIn Radio app, and also on YouTube for audio only. Maybe one day we'll do a video. Probably not. But I'll keep teasing it every other episode just in case. <laughs> but once again, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to everybody next time. <laughs>